It's time now for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. Please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Joining us right now from Wisconsin getting ready for Pinball Expo is Ed Owens. Ed, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Jeff? I'm fantastic, and I appreciate you reaching out to me and letting me know that you're going to be at Expo, and we'll definitely check you out. Why is Ed Owens going to Expo? Well, if you've been to the Mid-Gaming Classic in April, you might have seen his little homebrew pinball machine, Ghost in the Shell, and he's bringing it to Expo. So we're going to talk about Ghost in the Shell, and why in the world, Ed, did you try to make a pinball machine? Well, uh, about eight years ago, I ended up getting an old game and retheming it, sanding it down and making it something which was completely different. I enjoyed the process and I thought, you know, that that's fun, but it's not my game. It's nothing that, you know, I can, I can put my name on the, on the art or, you know, really, really, I'm, I'm the mechanical guy. What was the game? Uh, it was originally a big game and I turned it into Greyhounds the Race Home. I work with a, a local Greyhound X Racing Rescue, and I thought that would be a great theme and something I could take to some of their shows and, and show off and get people interested in pinball and greyhounds. <laughs> That's so funny. You've gone from a big game where they hunt tigers to saving greyhounds. I think it's brilliant. Well, the play field sucks for hunting tigers. <laughs> but if you if you look at it, you got those three tic-tac-toe boards, which make perfect houses for trying to fill up and bring your greyhound home. So you rethemed that, but it wasn't enough. And because you're that savvy, and I'm so, so jealous, you can hear it in my voice, that you can, let alone fix a pinball machine, but make a pinball machine. And you said, that's not enough. I want to start from scratch. So am I safe to assume you started with CAD? Uh, no, actually, I um, a lot of people do start with CAD. I, I'm kind of, I didn't have a chance to turn around and learn it. So um, I, I started with just pencil drawing on some eight and a half by 11 paper. I made about a dozen drawings of different options and play fields until I, I kind of focused on my main feature and what I wanted to do. Uh, then I took out a T-square and a 30-60-90 triangle, taped it to my table and started drawing it one-to-one scale. Uh, able to to look at my shots and, and until I was happy with what I had. Did you know the theme before you started? What you kind of wanted to do, or was it just more the layout? If you asked me, not, you know, when I finished Greyhounds, I wanted to do a different anime theme. When I started on this, uh, I did have the theme in mind uh, of uh, Ghost in the Shell. I, I'm a fan of the uh, the anime and the standalone complex series. There's a lot of material there for me to work with when I get around to the audio call-outs and the video. So uh, for me, uh, it was a no-brainer. You're staying away from the movie Ghost in the Shell, I assume. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the movie, but uh, definitely I, I didn't think it, it gave the... It wasn't as good as the uh, as the original anime or the uh, standalone complex series. So I'm going to jump all over here because, again, I know nothing about making a pinball machine. Are you going to be using a dot matrix display? Are you going to be using an LCD screen? What's going to be on the back box? In the back box, uh, I'm going to be using an LCD screen. Right now, i got an old Dell monitor. I also have a bunch of laptops I'm ripping apart for the 15-inch screen, which will probably not in there by Expo, but I am going to be changing that out after Expo to a smaller screen slightly. It gives a, like, a lot more space, and it works well with the, with the software framework. Were you inspired by maybe other shows, whether it be MGC or Expos, where you saw people make their own games? I mean, I know 
close to your neck of the woods. Scott Denisi obviously did that with total nuclear annihilation. A friend of mine and somebody you know too, Mark and City with Nightmare Before Christmas, which I think he's going to be at your booth there at Expo. Were you inspired by some of these other people or is there somebody maybe I don't even know about when it came to building your own game? Well, you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, what, if you notice, you know, I said it was eight, nine years ago when I did Greyhounds and I wanted to do a, a custom theme, but a lot of time passed uh, until I, I got started with my project, which was not this summer, but last summer when, when I really decided to dive in. And uh, some of the deciding factors of me diving in was not just being inspired by Scott's game, but if you ever have a chance to meet him, sat down and, you know, I didn't know the guy. He didn't know me. I said, hey, you know, I kind of always wanted to build my own homebrew game. First thing he says, you should do it. There's community. There's help. It's easy. Well, it's not <laughs> easy for him. Or, or He just said, you know, gave me a lot of positive encouragement and got me started on the right track. And that's just a five-minute conversation we had first time I saw TNA. I'm looking forward to seeing this game at Expo, but I've seen some of the game on some of your videos on YouTube with your Pinball Mayhem, and you have a lot of subscribers on that too, so you can have a good look at the raw ghost in the shell. And one thing I'm amazed is the left ramp, I think, is pretty cool. Maybe you want to describe that. Yeah, that's that's kind of the, the key feature I, I designed the game around. Uh, I, I, I knew I wanted a couple few different things, and that left ramp was one of those that just stuck out. It's kind of a, um, I wanted to mess with the player a little bit with what you can do. So uh, first shot it, you look at it, you shoot it, and you don't know where the ball goes. It's uh, it's a long ramp. The ball goes up, but when it hits the back, it turns around quickly. And instead of uh, going into a subway or something, the ball comes underneath the ramp, kind of like a a championship pub where you have that quick turnaround. It's going to turn around and come back to your right flipper. So uh, you're able to, from the right flipper, hit the ramp over and over again. But if you hit where your left orbit normally would be, there you can get the underside of the ramp and the ball will come back also to your right flipper. It's one of the modes I'm working on where you're going to have to hit that ramp multiple times in a row and uh, be able to have that ball come back. So it's just it's a quick shot, but I think it can be learned with these, with these uh, modern skills people have. <laughs> When I first looked at your layout, I saw the upper play field. I'm like, oh, you can get there two ways. Nope. No, you can't. No, no, there's one way up. Uh, I was thinking about putting a second way, but uh, it looks like it's a hard shot. It's not at the easiest ramp to hit, but it is still uh, steeper and long or less shallower and, and uh, longer than the Aerosmith ramp. So it is it is makeable. There's one way up, and the, there's an exit off to the left, which is kind of, it doesn't even give you points. I had to put a switch on there because the game just laughs at you when you go down that shot. <laughs> Ed, you mentioned Aerosmith, and that's a fairly new game, a game I love too, a great one from John Borg. Most people, when they do homebrew games, they use old cabs. You have an Aerosmith cab that you've made this game in. How did that come about? Well, uh Two years ago at Midwest Gaming Classic, it was a brand new game, and a friend of mine bought the game, and it was it was one of those being played there. Throughout the period of the summer, he ended up ended up with a cabinet that uh, cracked early, and it was re- the lower half was replaced under warranty. I he offered it up to me for a decent price. I picked it up because that was the the next push after that M- MGC was. I picked up that Aerosmith cabinet. Oh, well, now I've got to build this game. I can't just, you know, spend, start spending money and not build it. So I had a cabinet. I had an idea. I had inspiration. I had a hardware platform. Uh, so I ended up building in that cabinet 
hardware was available, all the side rails, the hooks for the playfield. It actually made it easier working with a, a brand new cabinet that I could just call someone up or go take measurements off of and get everything bolted upright, pre-drilled, than trying to fit a ramp-style game into an older cabinet. So you've got a Stern Aerosmith cab. What about your parts? What are you using for that? A few of the parts, uh, most of them are pretty much your standard Williams. Uh, I got a flipper mechanisms. I got some friends in, in our, in our local group that were able to offer me up some good deals on, on used mechanisms I rebuilt. A lot of the parts I had laying around. I mean, I've been working on pinball machines for about 15 years and through that time you collect older used parts that are still good, but maybe not ones that you want to use when you do a playfield swap. A lot of the, the brand new parts I've been buying from Pinball Life. They have a, a homebrew section, uh, like Denise's uh, scoops. I've been using both of those and their spinners. There's just a, a lot of new parts available. Ed, I'm going to ask you a question, and anybody who knows me, please don't laugh at me, all right? I mean, I'm a little sensitive to this, but Ed, can someone like myself who knows a little bit about pinball but knows nothing about fixing or certainly creating pinball, could a guy like me learn this? And if so, how? Would I say that it's outside of the realm of possibilities? No. I mean, I, th- I think if you wanted to, you truly had the drive, I think you could do it. It's always helpful to have a good basis on repairing them, uh, the mechanical uh, the mechanical and the electrical end. Uh, the more repair knowledge you have, uh, the better. There's um there's some pretty good websites out there. Pinball Makers has has a lot of how to get started. It depends on how far you want to take it too. If you can find a game, uh, a donor cab, a plank. Uh, there's a, a homebrew that uh, World War II that a guy's making where he took a game and sanded it down and decided to keep the inserts where where they are, but he's just changed the playfield on top. So you pick your level of involvement. But it still doesn't get past the great feeling of a board with nothing but two flippers and some inlaying plastics, a pile of electronics underneath the play field. You plug in the computer, you press enter, and you can hit flipper buttons, and it works. <laughs> that is pretty cool, Ed. And that's one thing I like watching in, again, your Pinball Mayhem videos on YouTube, is when you see the raw ghost in the shell, you can see where the ramps are, the upper play field. You can see where the drop target bank is going to be, the pop bumper. When you're playing that nice piece of wood with all that Sharpie over it, it's still got to be pretty gratifying. I guess the one thing about playing it versus looking at it on a computer is you get a better sense of the geometry. And once you put it together, did you have to rearrange some of the shots because the geometry might not have been there? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. The uh, right side I ended up reworking the scoop quite a few times and the metal guides. Uh, I did move around. If you look at it at Expo, you're going to see there's, there's definitely a bunch of holes where I ended up moving uh, moving some of the ramp entrances around. In general, I have what I have drawn, but originally, actually, no, I don't. No, I, I changed the whole upper playfield was twice the size as it is now. So, yeah, it, it, it did change a lot through building. I can work with metal pretty easily, and this is just cheap sheet metal I had left over from a fridge. So I uh, was able to make my first version of my prototype ramps and and my ball guides and everything out of metal to allow more accurate testing of my shots. And then as as things finalized, I upgraded them to stainless steel. I think I saw that in one of your videos too. I thought it was a great lesson, in fact, too. And we'll link that here on our Facebook page. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Me and uh, 
uh, about the time I started this project, uh, one of the uh, the driving parts of me uh, with Pinball Mayhem is a buddy of mine, uh, Jeremy Edgema. He was doing videos too, and the, the two of us were uh, just kind of had a couple videos. Hey, here's something cool on Pinside, and you know, I'm like, you know, I'm going to be doing this homebrew, and we got some mods to install on my Rob Zombie, and you got some videos you're doing. Why don't we just get together and form an actual YouTube channel? Uh, he did his research, and uh, t- t- together we're able to get a video posted every week. He's he's really uh, been the driving factor behind all the editing, so I can't take any credit for that. It really made me more professional on it. But it, it's nice to kind of have that constant form. And hey, hey, here's something I learned and we've picked up in the last ten, fifteen, or more years. Let's just make a video and teach the world it. So it, it's kind of. A really uh, cool experience, and to have someone to help you with that is great. Uh, with the ball guides, I know um, I kind of mentioned uh, I know uh, Dead Flip uh, Jack Danger is doing a series, or he's building his own, and he's going to edit all of his videos under what he does. So you can you can take it, take what I do, take what he does, take what other people do, and be able to build your own. Um, and I notice he has a lot of those stainless steel ball guides. I'm like, you know, I figured it out. I've learned from some other people what to do. Let's just make a video, put it out there. I shot it over to him so he can he can use it and uh, share it with the world. Ed, what's the hardest thing that you've come across in doing this? Or maybe, uh-oh, i got to start from scratch. You talked about maybe the upper play field. Maybe it was too big and uh, maybe some wasted space on the lower level. I don't know what the reason for that was. But what was the biggest change you had to make? And if you were to do it over again, I would have done this. The hardest part or the biggest change? How about both? <laughs> the hardest part for me is uh, art. If you notice, there's uh, a lot of badly written Sharpie on my play field. I have a vision in my head what I want for art, but uh, to, to have the patience to sit in front of a photo program and do the editing, uh, even my back glass, I'm not super happy with that. But that's probably about six hours of editing and, and putting stuff together to make it work. But I would say for me, the hardest part is the art. The largest change I've made is is really uh, relating to the upper play field and uh, the ball lock mechanism I have. Uh, right now, it's a really, really fun, rewarding shot that when you hit it, the ball actually curly cues up towards the top, up away from the play field, and then comes back down. Before, it was going to be more of a revolver style lock, but uh, I changed that out to make it faster and the upper play field was originally going to be the full width of the of the back allowing you to kind of hide those those lanes a little bit more but be able to uh, shoot the ball up to the upper play field a second way as i started building it i realized the left ramp you do something like wow this shoots really well i don't want to mess it up by changing it all and so i kind of i kind of uh, rolled with the punches that way this isn't your only homebrew game although first in the pinball field you made a Kill Bill video game. Do you want to explain that? Uh, yeah, it was um, shortly after I got into pinball coin-op hobbies, probably about 14 years ago. I uh, originally started with you know a main like a lot of people do, where you have uh, 500,000 games on a computer uh, running on two garbage cans and a computer monitor. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, Quentin Tarantino fan, and I thought, hey, you know... Uh, uh, shopped around at a few vendors, picked up a used cabinet for cheap, I, and uh, I'd like to do a Kill Bill. Uh, and I was doing a lot of, uh, for work, doing a lot of things with printing, so I was able to design, and, and I did all the graphics myself for it. It ended up being a, a nice multi-game platform where uh, the theme 
kind of flows. And even the, the menu system I had on there for a while was a yellow background, Kill Bill Volume 1, uh, I have Oren. The cartoon version, maybe something with anime with me, <laughs> is on yeah. the back glass. <laughs> So uh, for, it, was, it, was, it was quite fun. I mean, I, I like to have nice things, of course, like we all do. But if I can make them custom to me, you know, that's even better. My kids love video games, but I don't think I'm going to let my kid play the Kill Bill version, especially when you get to the buck mode. I think I'll pass on that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I just think it's the greatest revenge movie ever, and the music is absolutely perfect. So that's interesting that you made that game. I have a feeling you're going to have a lot of people there say hello to you at Expo, and especially after hearing here on Pinball Profile, but it's always neat to see people make games, and your ghost in the shell is no exception, too. Are you are you a little nervous about having it there, and fingers crossed everything goes well? Yeah, yeah, I am a little nervous. I was, that's, uh, I was happy that uh, Dave and uh, Rob at, at Expo was able to give us a spot in the vendor hall to set up our games. I was just kind of, it, it survived. And Midwest Gaming Classic with a few ball jams, but that's related to the wood being really construction grade plywood. It's not supposed to be here at this level right now, but it, it made it. Uh, and uh, no computer issues whatsoever. Uh, so I was really happy with that. We got about 350 plays in the in, in a weekend, and just a few minor things broke. Uh, of course, there were some problems with it, which is great. Uh, that's the one thing uh, I want people to come and talk to. I want to, if I can inspire the next person to make a game better than mine, great. That that's that's what it's about. It's about sharing. But the thing too is, if you don't want to tell me in person, go on Pinside or go on YouTube and say, hey, you know, drop me a note. Say, hey, you know, I played your game, but I didn't like this about it. Because as Mark said, uh, when you when you interviewed him a while ago, in, unless we have a negative feedback or constructive criticism. We can't make our game better. And Good so that's point. why even um, I got to talk to uh, Dennis Norman, played my game, and he gave me a few pointers. And a few other people said, hey, this upper play field just sucks because I can't get the ball up there. Well, <laughs> I came back from MGC, and I added a piece of plastic, a gate, and another piece of plastic to it, and boom, now the upper play field is really playable. <laughs> that's great. Now, is the goal to maybe have there are a lot of pinball companies out there Maybe have someone grab this, and that's how it started for Scott Denisi. What do you think? Well, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to to it. I mean, I'd love someone to, to come up to me and say, hey, you know, I love your game. I'd like to work with you and be able to turn into a final game. If it isn't Ghost and Shell, that'd be a little sad, but, you know, uh, I'd love to be at that level. I'd love to, you know, think that somebody is at that level. Uh, that's not driving me, of course. I'm going to keep on making the better and better game. But uh, to be able to to see a, a production Ghost in the Shell game would be uh, really cool. Well, the place to be seen is Pinball Expo. And Ed, you're going to be there with your Ghost in the Shell game. Wish you the best of luck. I'll make sure I stop by and uh, jump on the Pinball Mayhem YouTube channel with you and uh, say hello to uh, your fine subscribers. Appreciate you coming on the program today. And I definitely wish you the best of luck. No problem. Thank you. And, and uh, just to give a shout out. At the booth, we're going to have uh, uh, Mark with his uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and uh, Jeremy with Hot Rod. So we're going to have at least three uh, custom games. And uh, if, I, if I don't get a, another person, I'm thinking about even bringing my Greyhounds game. So I have an, another four custom games in one booth there. So definitely take a look for us. And any one of us will be uh, happy to talk to you guys. I imagine you'll be very popular at Expo. Ed, <laughs> we will see you there. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. 
This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And make sure you check out Ed Owens at Pinball Expo. I'm Jeff Teolis.